Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to our podcast, Med Family. I'm your host, Eric Acker, hosting today with Karen. Hey, guys. So we haven't gotten our step two school yet, so it's still kind of pending work in progress. We're just kind of waiting waiting for that, anticipating hopefully Wednesday, or so this, this podcast comes comes out on Wednesday, so hopefully the day this comes out. I think if it does come out, and well, I don't, I don't want to promise anything. I might be <laughs> in a, a bad mood. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if we post anything on Instagram about the actual score results. Uh, you probably won't see a three-digit score from me, but we're hoping that the, when you're listening to this that we will have gotten a a score but as of recording this episode tonight we definitely do not have a score so we are waiting (laughs) as we discussed a little bit last week the waiting game is uh you can be kind of torturous you you either bargaining for just a passing score you know with god you're just like okay just give me whatever uh (laughs) as long as it's above 214 you know i don't want to have to retake this so you're trying to fill your time with quote-unquote distractions <laughs> so i mean I, I being having a family and having uh you know obviously a wife and family there are plenty of great distractions you can have uh, yeah but there's also other things that are time pressing given the the season for medical students being a fourth year medical student now going into graduation we are of course getting ready for a fourth year electives so uh, I have a, a two away back to back starting end of end of August, and they all require paperwork, uh, immunization records, and other documents and modules you have to go through to kind of get everything lined up so you can start day one running. So there's a lot of that going on right now, just trying to gather all that paperwork, send it back, get more paper, more information and feedback from them, and do the you know retrieve it all again send it back to them and and so far it's just you know it's just kind of busy work in a way it's just stuff you have to get done it's um, credentialing process work and of course you're going to be working in their hospital so they want you to know what the rules and policies are for their hospitals and you're of course doing healthcare stuff so you're going to do your HIPAA certifications and and again no matter how many times you've done a HIPAA certification you are going to do more HIPAA certifications because every hospital seems to have their own system they don't just go oh you have a certification from whatever uh, entity that issued it that's great perfect they they have their own powerpoint slideshow whatever it is so we're working for through some of that of course since it is the season we are on the dawn or the, the eve of uh step Oh gosh, the Eva match. We are working on filling out the ERAS application. Yes, and there's quite a bit there. There's a lot of um, well, the ERAS its primary application in and of itself. It seems like a little bit like your CV, so you just kind of move things over from your CV onto your ERAS, and you're just filling it out. Maybe adding a little extra details here and there. I still haven't quite gotten through everything. I'm working through it. It's just not, uh, admittedly, not the most exciting thing. Uh, to work on and of course uh, maybe in the back of my mind anyway I'm thinking oh, but is this worth anything if I don't have my score and so I know I got to get it done I have a limited amount of time and if I don't get my score 
uh, when this podcast comes out on Wednesday today, uh, then you know I uh, it'll be another week for that till I get my score. So I'm I should probably be working on it a little bit more diligently. So that's something I need to just knock out. There's another aspect of it, which is the supplemental application, which is I think it was started last year, maybe the year before. But it's basically a whole set of questions and information that you get to fill out and indicate, you know, maybe you're applying to one program or two programs, you indicate that. You get to pick three geographical regions that they have um, created. And then you get to explain. (laughs) There's a lot of like little mini essays in this thing, a little little mini paragraphs you have to write where it's like, explain why you want to be in this particular region, explain why you want to be in this particular. So uh, you can pick up the three regions that you want to signal that you're you have a preference for and then you get to explain why you want to be in those regions uh, individually and then you get certain specialties uh you get like seven flags or signals you can send to seven pro you know like you pick seven programs you can send the signals to each of those programs saying i'm really interested in you certain specialties you can send 30 signals to 30 different you know 30 different programs so I, i don't know i haven't i didn't go through the entire list of specialties that you can apply to for the match and which ones and how many signals you can send but those are the first two I kind of looked at so something to consider um, obviously we will have to narrow our list down to those top seven and I'm sure we will probably toy with them a little bit as we go through our fourth year electives and of course we'll have to whittle them down more once we have our step two score because that's gonna hopefully get us an idea if we plug it into match a resident which is one of the programs we we paid for that's supposed to kind of curate a list of programs that we would and possibly your likelihood of getting into those programs uh, or uh, stats match closer to the people that are already in the program. So we're, we're trying to optimize our ability to get into programs. Of course, there's going to be some that maybe we, maybe slight reaches or whatnot we might include into our, our stuff. But essentially, we're going to signal what we think is going to be our top seven. And maybe one, one or two of those are going to be what we do our fourth year electives on. But essentially, the EUAS application just has a lot of those paragraphs that you have to fill out. And another 300 words, you know, the experiences, you talk about your experiences and then significant moments or something like this. And like, there's basically a good number of just writing that you have to do on the supplemental. And I guess you can do as much or as little as you want. You don't have to fill it out in completion. And I know there's probably going to be like a sweet spot where if you write too much like if you use all 300 characters programs may not like you because <laughs> you know they're gonna have to read through all this and like man do i really want to have to read through everything that you wrote especially if it's going to be repeated on the cv i don't i'm not trying to give advice here i'm just saying i think there's a sweet spot of how to state what you want to state conc- you know concisely and effectively without writing giant paragraphs that take up too much time and it's going to be too long didn't read situations so that's essentially the supplemental so that's a something that we're working on i think every medical student at this point in fourth year is working on especially if they're intending to do the match cycle this year uh we are also doing uh we got the mspe so the the dean sends us uh basically they they submit a letter on our behalf that the programs get to look at and it's kind of statistics and how we did overall what the school's curriculum kind of looks like so they have an idea of how well we might have done and you know what emphasis the school does and how again how we compare to our peers and what percentile we fall in so it's all good information that could hopefully help you as long as you've done well if you find yourself in the top 
quintile of all these topics, like, you know, you have your basic sciences in the first two years of medical school. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to see where you ranked in those, and then you're going to uh, see how you ranked in all your major cores in third year. So all things that it's, it's kind of, looking back, it's hard to see the importance of at, and, you know, at the time. But now you're looking at that MSPE, and you're like, man... I really wish I would have done a little bit better in some of my basic sciences. I would like to see that arrow pointing that, I don't know, the, the sixth, you know, I rank in this, the 60th quintile or whatever. I wish my arrow was in the higher portion of that. I wish I was in a different section. So something, you know, obviously you can't go back. You can't retake your first two years of medical schools and who would anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, those are not terribly enjoyable compared to the rest of the medical school. So I, I th it's definitely something to think back on, especially if you're in your second, first year medical school, thinking about jumping into medical school, kind of consider that the MSPE is going to be kind of in the end game and how, how well you do early in medical school will show in the thing. And I don't know how much this weighs into program directors' minds. I don't know if they select people based off of this or if it's just something that they make a mental note on. But it's going to be, it's on the thing, and obviously I can't change it. I can't tell my dean to exclude particular information. I can just say if something is factually incorrect or not, or correct grammar here and there. I, so I, I do have to kind of read through it a little bit more of a fine-tooth comb, see if there's anything I would recommend changing, and submit that. And then they, they'll do the edits as they see fit, and then they will upload it to my ERAS as well. Uh, they do that as well with the transcripts from the school. So there's two things I don't really have to worry about on my ERAS that the school takes care of, thankfully. And then of course we're, uh, we talked about preparing for fourth year electives, but besides the paperwork, it's kind of getting your mind set and your mind, your mind and prepared for what the fourth year electives are going to be like. Like if it's, you're going to do a sub I, then you're trying to update or refresh your mind on internal medicine or whatever specialty you're going to go into and what that rotation might look like. I, I'm going to be reaching out in the, the near future, probably next day or so with a former resident of the program. I'm going to be doing one of my sub I's at end of August and find out maybe a little bit more information from him. And then I think he, he's offered to have me come up a day or so before my rotation and just kind of go through the EHR system just so I'm more familiar and comfortable with it. I think it's Epic, which is what I used when I was working in Vancouver. So I, I'm hoping that I can continue to, <laughs> I, I, I've retained some of the information and it hasn't changed too much and I can pick it up pretty quick. It's been about three years now. So a, a quick refresher might not be the worst, worst thing in the world. So again, just trying to keep up and try to get into a right spot that you can impress your preceptors because again it's this is a time you're you're investing the school is spending some money you're spending some money and this is obviously an audition so you want the preceptors to think that you're good or good enough that they can teach and that you're good enough for their program that they want to work with you and so there's a lot of things you're trying to balance and it's a lot of it's basically it's a long interview it's a four week long interview that hopefully i don't have you know <laughs> nervous breakdowns on or uh, any any sort of issues with and so you, again you're just but in the next few weeks preparing for that as well and we since i go back to back i don't really have the luxury for any sort of break or anything like that in between. So I'm gonna really just jump from one into the next one. So it might not be the worst idea to prepare for the second away as well during this time. So that's essentially what we're kind of working on. But again, we have about mm, 
two weeks until we start this elective, two and a half weeks, something like that. Yeah, Eric's preparing in the like mental state and the, all that stuff, and I'm preparing in the, okay, well, what do we need to pack you for <laughs> for all this stuff? And looking at, I well, he doesn't know I've been doing this, but I've been looking at suits for interviews. Oh, I appreciate and, that. <laughs> and whatnot. I actually so that, was thinking that we were going to use the same system that we used last time. Is it the same thing? Yeah, and except for now it's like four weeks to get it. So I was... Oh, we should probably yeah. do that soon. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, so, we got to do what we got to do, right? But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to take some stuff off this plate. Obviously, I can't study for him. I can't do much of the paperwork for him, but um, I can at least I, I I do use Karen, though, to read over some of what I write, so I... I use a few things. I use Grammarly, which is a a free program on the internet, or at least I, I know it's a t in a plugin for Safari, so I just use it, and I just copy and paste what I'm writing into there, and it kind of corrects any bad grammar or any obvious spelling issues that sometimes a word processor like uh, Microsoft Word or Pages doesn't always pick up. And then I'll have Karen read over it to make sure I am getting the message across that I want, and so Karen's done a really good job of helping me out, especially with my personal statement. There's been a few really awkward sentences I've been trying to deal with, and Karen stepped in and said, oh, you should change this word to this word, and that sentence will make sense. <laughs> so that's been that's been pretty helpful. And so as much as uh, she's seen that she doesn't really help with some of this other stuff, it's been nice to have her at least give some input on certain things. And, of course, sometimes it's nice to just vent about how tedious some of these tasks are or how... I guess unmotivated sometimes you are like, oh man, I just, I feel like I'm a little burnt out with this process. I just want to be done with it, <laughs> but you got to still kind of push through. It's an exciting time. You want to get to the other end, but it's of course like nerve wracking because you know, submitting the application is just the first battle. It's going to be the, the long list of hopefully some interviews that you're going to have to do and then prepare for those interviews. And then you're going to get a, probably a good handful of, uh, declines you know people rejecting not wanting to interview you uh so there's going to be a lot of that going on so it's you know, kind of right now looking forward and going man that's going to be a long a long six months until march and you know we're we're pushing forward and we're trying to get through it it's just it's a daunting path and again i i'm not always the most pro i i try to be proactive I think I talk about being proactive. I just sometimes it's uh, wish casting and am trying to be proactive. I would definitely encourage anyone who's again thinking about this path or getting close to it to put some thought into personal statements and put some thought into all this stuff because the more you have done it in advance, the the better life will be. And again, I think it's nice to have some of this information. Like I I I get to this mental application. I didn't realize that how many questions had little explain your answer statements like i think there again i'm, I'm going to go over there's experiences and they, you know talk about why that experience is help is going to make you a better doctor and it's going to talk about uh memorable experiences or something like that that's not related to like work or volunteering it's something different like maybe it's family life maybe it's uh, a tragedy in your past or whatever and you explain why that has impacted you and it might help you become a good doctor and then there's a geographical locations you know of course like why would you want to be in the southeast why would you want to be in the northeast or whatever whatever it might be and then another one would be do you want to live do you want to live or work in a urban environment versus a rural environment and then why why would you want to do one or the other <laughs> and so there's a lot of 
little things that you have to answer. And I think if I would have known that going in, I might have prepared for some answers so I have them ready. So now I'm kind of starting that process from scratch. Again, this is one of those things I wish people would talk about more. And I don't know if the application has changed over you know the last year or so, but it's one of those things people just kind of say, oh, well, you got to type a whole bunch of stuff up and they don't really tell you what it is. And it, it, that can be a very frustrating process because you're like, I, I mean, it's a, to me, it's just like whenever you, whenever I would talk to some people about a rotation and be like, what is it? What's that rotation like? I'm going to start it next week. What should I know? And then they say, it's, it's hard or it's easy. No big deal. You have no problems. Like, that's great. I like the encouragement, but I actually want to know what the rotation is like. Like, give me the day to day. Give me what's, you know, what things I should look up. You know, what things I should be knowing on day one to do well. Don't just tell me, oh, you'll be fine. Like, that's that's great. <laughs> like, I, I need to be an active participant in my destiny, you know? Like, I need to <laughs> I need to be proactive in this process and not just go, okay, I'll be fine, no problem, and then find out that I need to know everything about diabetes or something like that. Like, that it's a very frustrating thing in medical school. It's, everyone, I think, means well when they give you encouragement and not actual answers but maybe just take what i'm saying and if you're preparing for a match for uh, 2024 i guess 2024 match then maybe look into some of this stuff and prepare some of the answers that you might have for some of these things so it's something to think about uh go ahead oh well i since we're on the topic of cores like one of eric's distractions <laughs> has been quote-unquote distractions has been to set up i think a meeting for people going into their third year rotations yeah. since he is core coordinator and trying to set people up who are going into the hospital, like specifically for surgery, surgery yeah. like hospital orientation type thing. So they know where to go, how to gown up, all that lovely <laughs> well, stuff. I, I don't know if I'm going to go like hard, hard into how to gown up as much as I'm going to go into just, I mean, there's a lot of things, surgery that is what you do and where to go for certain things and you know actions and motions that you have to do that is not taught really in medical school you maybe you got taught in a skills fair once during medical school and it's just something like it's not it's not something we read in the books it's not like oh i need to know what what if it's autosomal recessive or you know that which treatment options for this particular disease this is where in the hospital do i find gloves <laughs> and where do I find my scrubs? Where, if I walk into this corridor, what do I need to be wearing? And so a lot of that stuff is uh, adds a lot of extra stress, especially if it's your first rotation or if it's your first time in surgery. And maybe you, maybe you don't want to do surgery, but you still have to do twelve weeks of surgery, maybe nine nine weeks of actual active surgery and three weeks of online surgery. But in either case, it's a lot of stress right off the top that can paint people's view of how you are as a person. And you know, it's, all these scrub techs, of course, they see students every three weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, and they start from the, the basics of not knowing how to put a gown on and stumbling around and breaking all the rules and touching blue things. And eventually, they, after six weeks, you kind of get it down. But I think sometimes it can paint you, depends on the person you run into, that is like, it, it, they, they feel like you're incompetent. And sometimes some of our worst tendencies come out of uh, insecurities or feeling like we don't know what we're doing. And I don't want any student to walk into surgery 
get a little defensive and snap back at a scrub tech because they they didn't know what they needed to do and maybe they say oh well i thought that was optional or something like that and it will kind of it will kind of paint their experience from there on out i don't want that to happen i want i want a lot of students to just go into these rotations know what they need to do at least have an idea and and they you know figure it out as they go but take that a little bit of stress take it off of their shoulders and focus on learning surgery because i mentioned that you know gowning up not touching blue surgical etiquette in the or room is important information sometimes just like if you take some of that stuff off the table and go you already know this we'll teach it to you you know in over a course of two hours when no one is watching you no one's judging you for this like other students are doing this with you you take that off the shoulder then they start surgical rotation they can like impress they can just focus on answering questions you know if you were a little red blood cell starting in the left atrium and you needed to get to the the right big toe what pathway would you take (laughs) like now you don't have the man i screwed up gowning up i touched something i had to completely de-gown and re-scrub in and then you don't have that cortisol level. It's like at its peak. You're not sweating for your scrubs. You're <laughs> now you can like focus on the question, answer that, and move on. So that's what I'm hoping to accomplish. Of course, as part of my role as core chair, I do have to hold a quick orientation or a quick intro to just the cores in general to give students an idea. I think they typically get something like this from the admin. So this is kind of a supplemental. I'm trying to think of how I'm going to organize it. And thankfully, a few SGA members have agreed to help me out with this. So get on board a few few new students who are starting course for the first time, hopefully answer some questions, provide them with resources that they can jump into and hopefully set them off on the right foot on the day one and they don't feel like they're all alone. That's a distraction I guess I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's part of my job. It's part of what I, I should be doing as a core chairperson. So this is a good thing, but it's well, also... All, all of Eric's quote-unquote distractions are things that need to get done. Like... <laughs> There's a recall on my car, so he's taking that in tomorrow, and we got truck tires today so that he can actually drive to his away rotations and not Yeah, driving all the way to Kansas City on bald (laughs) tires. It seems like a recipe for, like, a flat in the middle of nowhere, and that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, so that sounds like a smart idea. And then... Uh, what else we got yeah you said the recall on Mm -hmm. your car that that just came up in an email they had availability and i was like okay let's get it done and it's good for you that whatever the recall is i'm not really sure what it was exactly but get it done that way when i'm on my rotation i know karen is fine that she can get to where she needs to get to on the months i'm not around or weeks i'm not around so that she you know, she can move around and not like, oh, my car just broke down. What do you want me to do? I'm stranded at home or <laughs> something like that. I don't think Karen would appreciate that much. No. So, uh, and then I think my last thing is I, I think I talked about last week of doing like oil changes and other things, other basic maintenance I needed to do. I still have to do that, but I was able to work on a friend's brakes for his car. So another one of those uh, auto mechanic things that I, I've learned over the years is how to change someone's brake pads. And it, I've never had to buy brakes myself, so I don't actually know how expensive the service is. I I think the guy I helped, he said it was like $300. I don't know. I'm, again, never never taking my car to a mechanic to get brakes done because I've always just done it myself. So I don't know how expensive that is. But I always like doing it because, again, it's it's a few hours and sometimes it's harder than 
Uh, I, I typically would like to think I can do them in two hours, but if that's if I have all the parts, if that's if I have everything ready to go and it's a pretty straightforward job, if there's something that throws a monkey wrench in the process, then I think it take. I think this last one took like five hours. Yeah. Well, we also have your parents borrowing the my air compressor. The, the air compressor. So yeah, getting the. I don't know. I, I have my electric tools that kind of work, and I don't generally have to use the air compressor it's nice to have the air compressor but yeah anyways yeah (laughs) we're we're working on it and i I know i i I, sometimes i don't want to get too far in the weeds of like i like to kind of talk about what we're doing as a family you know we're doing our morning walks with the kids and the you know two oldest ride their bicycles they're well they're kind of like a tricycle i guess and that's good for them it's good for us it's good for me it's good for us to get exercise i have Spent like the last two weeks not exercising, and that's been very telling. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to get a little bit more exercise in, lose a little bit of weight before I start these rotations. Trying to get back into some kind of routine that resembles a functional adult, uh, and not sleeping until w- weird hours or wake up. Or I don't know, just trying to try not to go to bed at one o'clock in the morning yeah. and then wake up late. <laughs> The kids don't always allow us to wake up late, but anyway, I want to try, I guess I, my point with that is I, I want to try to give you guys something about the, the lifestyle of someone as a family and someone who's in this limbo period waiting on a score and like things that you can do while you're waiting. Of course, you can always do fun things. You can go on vacations. You can hang out with friends. You can <laughs> still do some of this stuff on the side and have some fun. And I'm hoping that we can find some time to just like, you know, go to a beach or something like that. And when yeah. I say beach, not, not the lake. No, I know. Okay, good, because, like, the lake is kind of gross. I know, but then you don't have to worry about, like, the waves knocking the kids over. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Or them getting too far out. Sharing them off. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, Eric has done a good job of, like, setting aside some time each week to do something fun with the kids. So he did take them to the air museum. He's taken them to the, the two oldest, to the dinosaur thing. He, we've done walks this week so we're trying to get in some family time while still staying up on getting everything done that we need to get done and i know this week we are trying to get in a couple special episodes recorded so that depending on how busy these OE rotations are we can still get you guys some content yeah, I haven't worked out some of the kinks of like how do I include Karen when I'm you know a few hundred miles away? How do I how do I get her recorded and that, that audio transmitted and then edited during a a busy away rotation? I do want to try to do something like that so you guys kind of get an idea of what a, an away rotation feels like, and I can give you uh, expedient information as as I feel it or as I see it. <laughs> Not, you know, two weeks, three weeks later, a month later. So I am trying to get some uh, special episodes done so that maybe I'll have a little bit more time to figure out the technical side of things and uh, get my feet under me for the first couple weeks. So I have a few episodes in the works. Uh, in the works, and I have them scheduled. But you know, obviously, we just have to make sure that all works out. And I'm kind of excited because it, it, it's going to be a little bit of a callback. Because uh, one of the guests is going to be a callback to uh, step one, and I think that's always good to go back and just kind of review a little bit of the the second year going into third year transition. As you know, as I'm making the transition out towards the tail end of medical school, it's always good to. I don't always remember everything that I went through 
for step one. And of course it has changed to pass fail. So I, I would like to bring in somebody who has just taken step one and, and she can give her thoughts on how things went. So I'm looking forward to that interview. I hope it will be great and you guys will enjoy it. But I think Karen is hinting that this should be a wrap-up. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, of course, you can find us on Instagram, uh, MedFamilyMD. Karen is the owner of that account and the, our social media intern. Uh, of course, you send her any questions, she'll forward them to me if, if, I, if I need to answer them. If she can answer them, she'll just answer them. You can follow our podcast on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, feel free to rate us and leave a comment. Um, again, we always welcome we always welcome feedback. We're trying to improve as much as we can. Yeah, that's uh, that's it, and hopefully we have good news next week. And <laughs> yeah, hopefully we have good news next week. Yep. And have a good week. Bye.